Welcome to the City Rev Life Podcast. I'm Pastor Justin. I'm here with Pastor Roby. And to start our time, Roby, I have a question for you. Hit me. Uh, have you seen the little thumbnail of the first podcast in this series? I, if I'm not mistaken, I'm beating you in the head with a Bible. Correct. Yes. And that is so perfect an illustration for our conversation. We're talking about church hurt. Yes. I, and are you still hurting from me beating you I, with that I, Bible? I have a bruise. I've been nursing it every day did since we that. Ta- did we put him in City Rev concussion protocol after that? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't know. There was a spotter who was looking at me. <laughs> oh, no. He saw me stumble and he said, you've got to be out. You can't do He's any out. more podcasts. He's out. But anyways, we're, we're having a conversation about church hurt. For those who are curious, Pastor Roby did not beat me with the Bible. It was just a still frame. Um, it was staged. It was for it was for it was for the the tube, the YouTube. It was. Okay. It was just for your enjoyment of yes. that thumbnail. So uh, we're having this conversation, and uh, all levity aside, this is something that if you are a part of a church, if you're a follower of Christ, and you followed Jesus for years and years and years and years through your life, at some point you are going to experience hurt in the church. Yeah. Um, and the reason we've covered it in, in previous episodes, we'd encourage you, if you haven't listened to the others, to check those out. It'll be helpful as you follow along with this one. But we're humans. We're imperfect people. Yeah. And I think the why that's important is, uh, well, first of all, what we've covered in other episodes is this is not a modern problem. And I think sometimes yeah. our minds go to, oh, there's something wrong with the church. I'm done with the church. And yep. you know, we when we look in that first generation in scripture, we see that these types of things were happening. Um, right. it, it, it's going to always happen because we're imperfect people pursuing a perfect savior together. And so because of that, just like you're saying, as we're going along serving and following Jesus as part of a church, we are going to experience this. So we want to know how to walk through these things. Yeah, that's right. And so for our conversation today specifically, yes. we're talking about the question, how do you leave a church? When should you leave a church? Um, what does that look like to do that well? Can you do that well? And so we're going to have that conversation. And why don't you just kick us off by setting up the significance of what it means to, to leave a church? Yeah, absolutely. I think this is a really critical question, and I think it's a very important question for our modern time because with cities being exponentially larger than they were in ancient times and right. for the last 2,000 years, the the church and the kingdom of God um, has expanded. And so whereas in the Old Testament, you would have a letter written to the Corinthian church, and it's one large city by their st- by their standards. That yeah. would be like a um, like a small city by our standards, but by their standards, a large city with one church there in that city. Yeah. So to leave the church of Corinth would be to no longer have a church. Well, in modern times, there is a South Florida church, but has expression or whatever city it is in a modern city, but has expression in many churches around. And that's not necessarily bad to have many expressions around in neighborhoods. It's just a different, uh, the different landscape different of scale, different, different scale, different city. And, and it's not necessarily bad when, when, as long as we love each other and we're unified and we have a space where we can come together in unity, it's not necessarily bad where if on some of these secondary issues or different ways that people like to worship, those are, there's different expressions of that worship around. So that's, this is not to say that there shouldn't be multiple local expressions of the church in a city, right. but here is the challenge because in our modern cities there are more local expressions 
people can just easily stop going to one church and just appear at another church. They can go down the street. They don't have to go very far. There are multiple church options within the same driving distance. It's like a buffet. It can turn into a buffet, and that's not even to also add into the online viewing option that we have for people. I mean, you could literally watch almost any church in the world from home. It's like the omelet station of the buffet. (laughs) (laughs) You know, if a buffet has an omelet station. That's true. That's like the ultimate. Yes, or it's room service in one sense. You know, you don't even have to go to the omelet station. Uh, They'll bring the omelet to you. So anyway, with all that said, People can leave a church very easily mm-hmm. for very little reason. And the challenge with that is unless the individual believer has a biblical view of what church is, mm-hmm. they may spend their entire Christian life never fully engaging church in the way it should be engaged. And tragically, Christians can be bouncing from church to church to church every few years, and they're never putting roots down for themselves. They're never putting roots down for their family. So first, before we talk about when to leave a church and how to leave a church, I think we've got to start with, please don't leave a church lightly. And I just want to give a couple scriptural um, uh, principles for that. Um, It would be uh, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 18. You want to read that, Justin? Yeah, sure. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 18, Paul writes, But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. I think what's so critical here is to think about the fact that when it comes to the church body, God has placed the gifts there where they're supposed to be. We talked about in a previous episode that um, God is the one who's placed leaders in in their role, not just in church, but we trust God placing leaders. But all of the gifts of the body have been specifically placed there. If you're part of a local church, that's a very spiritual thing. It's not like, Mm. stop, I no longer shop at this Publix, I go to this Publix. It's not, I I no longer go to this uh, gym to work out, I now work out at this gym. You're not just changing a vendor. You're part of a body, a family, and God has called you there and called each part there. To leave that is not something we do on a whim. It's something that is prayed about. It, we seek counsel about. We, we move churches uh, very slowly and at God's direction because God is, has placed us there. And I, I think that's one of the issues is sometimes people look at their church as just another one of, their mm. ser- of the services that they engage their family in. I've got my kids in this particular soccer league or they go to this dance studio or they go to this school or they go to this extracurricular or we go to this right. whatever. And then we just switch when we want to. That is not how church is. Yeah, church. I is, think that's the yeah. the challenge of living in a day when um, just how we do things is we look at their Google reviews. We yeah. kind of read them, and there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. Uh, that's when we decide what what we're going to purchase of the million options on Amazon. We look at the reviews, kind of gauge that. Um, if we want to uh, ascribe to a particular service or good, we're going to go on their Instagram profile or Facebook profile and kind of read and follow along. That's just how we, what we do with everything. And so when you take that mindset into church, now it's like, okay, I, I get what you're saying. I'm treating them just like all the other vendors in my right. life. And so if there's a way in which this particular church is not meeting my needs or expectations, uh, I have one bad experience. I'll just go find another church. And exactly. And that that type of arrangement has not existed in human and Christian history until relatively recent history. Yeah. And just to be more direct, 
that is an unbiblical view of church. And if we are wanting the Bible to form our minds and our thinking, um, we do not want to have a sinful, unbiblical view of church that it's there to align with my preferences. A biblical view is that God has placed me there, and so um, it is a very spiritual thing if God is moving you on. That's part of it. The second thing I would say would be Hebrews 13, um, 17. Let me read that. Obey your leaders and submit to them, mm. for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account let them do this with joy and not with grumbling, for that would be of no advantage to you. The other challenge is that there is spiritual authority we are supposed to have in our lives. Right. And that is something that is consistent cover to cover in the Bible. In the mm -hmm. Old Testament, there was spiritual authority. In the New Testament, there's spiritual authority. And that is not naturally intuitive to us as a culture that has a very radical individualistic That's a, such bent. A point. We, we see ourselves as having uh, our complete and total rights and freedoms as and that's beautiful. And why that's that's beautiful for in our culture is it gives us then the freedom to submit to the scripture. Mm -hmm. And so as we submit to the scripture, one of the things we see is that there is a measure of spiritual authority that we want in our lives. Now, part of the reason we're doing this is because that spiritual authority is often used wrongly. Yeah. And often we can get we can be hurt. We right. can feel manipulated. We can feel abused spiritually. And so this is not to say that all spiritual authority is uh, being handled in a godly, healthy way. But what we're looking for is that we want spiritual authority speaking into our lives. And sometimes Christians move churches quickly and easily because they're just wanting to remain the own authority of their life. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was just going to say, hearing you say that has made me think of, I think one of the points of emphasis for the previous few generations of at least American evangelicalism is your personal relationship with the Lord. And we use a lot of that language and for good reason, sure. because your your relationship with Christ is your, your relationship with Christ. You can't, you know... Uh, enter into the kingdom of God on the coattails of your parents' relationship with the Lord. Right. It does matter your personal walk with him. But in that kind of emphasis there, some of what's happened is this devaluing of the community, of the church, of spiritual authority. Um, and there's this idea that's introduced to many modern Christians that it's it's me and the Lord. It's me and my relationship in the Lord. Right. And that's what I'm going to do in my life. Right. And, uh, you know, if I find a church, that that's great, but it's all about me and the Lord. And there's a sense in which, yeah, of, of course, but not at the, diminish the diminishment of spiritual authority about elders in the church that have been appointed to lead pastors, ministry leaders. Right. Uh, and it's good for us to come under that spiritual authority. And God wants to work through the people in my life to help me grow. Like, that's one of the ways God... My personal relationship with God is going to be experienced Absolutely. through others, through spiritual authority in my life. Uh, and so this principle I'm hearing you say is don't take t leaving a church lightly. Right. Don't allow our culture to form and shape. Um, the, the, the ease of the decision, well, I'll just go over here now, weigh it heavily. Right. And there, there is a time when 
you may need to break with that spiritual authority. I mean, don't stay under an abusive situation. Yes. That authority needs to be held accountable. So let's go there. Yeah. Talk to me. What what are what are the kind of the primary ones that come to mind? When is it time to leave a church? Sure. Well, I, I think there's a couple, and we'll, we'll talk through these. There, there's maybe more, but let's just hit some of the big ones. The first one is a is truly errant doctrine. And we talked about this in a previous episode that we call things doctrinal issues that are that are rarely are uh, they're usually preference issues yeah and but like if, for example like if the music is not my preference i may try to find some doctrinal reason that it's that the music at a particular church is is less good or it may be mm-hmm. too traditional for my taste or too modern for my taste and it feels showy or whatever and we might try to get a doctrinal issue behind that that is usually not the case and we need to have the integrity to just call it a preference issue the the real issue is if it is a truly doctrinal issue so for example if they are undermining the nature of the trinity or they're denying the exclusivity of the gospel they're no longer saying jesus is the only way but jesus is one way to heaven if they start denying um those types of things uh, or they're they're teaching a works-based gospel that you um, not only put your faith in Jesus, but you have to also do good works to get to heaven. I mean, we're talking about, and this does happen. It yeah. is more rare, but it does happen if there is a true, um, a true denial of biblical doctrine. Then it's time. It's it's well, it's time to talk to the leadership, confront the leadership on that directly. Um, but if they're going to persist in something that's just not truly not biblical. Yeah. Then it's time to go. So errant doctrine, um, and maybe at the end of our time at this podcast, let's talk about. You mentioned going to the leaders. Sure. There's probably some steps of how do you actually do it when you've identified, hey, this is an occasion to sure consider leaving. Uh, we'll talk through how that looks like. Uh, but what are some others? What are some other ways in which it's this is a cue? Hey, we need to really consider if we need to move to a new. Sure. Um, I would say if the church is off mission, and I say this one carefully because that is a label that can be put on a lot of my, like personal it preference could be subjective. issues. Subjective. That seems subjective. So let me be clear. I'm not saying the church is off mission because they no longer do that one ministry that I love. Right, uh, and it could be a good, you know, it might have been an evangelism ministry. Right, love. Like, like, therefore, they don't do any evangelism. This is not something to be abused and put on my preferences as, well, now the church is off mission. There, right. The church is, is, there's going to be new works that that God does. The church, there's life cycles to particular ministries. Mm-hmm. So this is not to say, oh, well, we used to do Samaritan's Purse shoeboxes at Christmas time, and they no longer do that. The church is off mission. I'm going to go find a church that does this. No, that's, that is leaving the, just for one particular ministry shift. This right. would be more like the church is no longer doing any kind of evangelism and is only just inward. It, it's inward. It's all about, it's just for us. It's just to keep us alive. It's just to keep our traditions alive. It's just to serve our families. And there's like a real wholesale um, shift away from welcoming and hospitality. Yeah, us versus them mentality towards the world that Jesus died for. Right, or maybe there's it become the church really becomes about like a particular Mm. particular cultural issue, and all they're ever talking about is is a particular cultural issue or a political issue, and and it's no longer like the the main passion and drive of the church is no longer the mission that Christ commanded us to. So I would just caution Christians not to 
put that label on on ministry preferences, but truly pr- begin praying if it seems like the church is off mission. Uh, let me also say that's not. I I'm looking for a church where I can lead a particular ministry that I like to lead. Um, a church, uh, uh, maybe a, a person comes to a church and says, "I love leading singles ministry," or "I love uh, my my spouse and I love leading a marriage group." If the church doesn't have that, they are off mission. So I'll find a church that has that because they're on mission. That's that is putting too much emphasis on ministry preferences and on a position. I I shouldn't be about my position. I should Philippians chapter two take the position of serving whatever the mission of that church is. Right. So second, I would say, so truly Aaron doctrine, truly the church is off mission, no longer going after the gospel would, would be another one. Yeah. So then that uh, sense of mission, you know, if you're there and you're maybe in the right way, trying to be the person who does that and you're just hitting wall after wall after wall, there's not only none of that mission mindset happening, but that's even being discouraged. It's just there's no care for the lost, the hurting, those who right. don't know Christ. And specifically, um, there is no care. So there may be care for the lost. It's just through a ministry that is not as much my preference. I wish they would do it another way. Right. That's different. Their yes. church is still on mission, just not the way I wish they were on mission. Sure. That is not a reason to leave. That is a reason to submit and to, and to serve and to set aside my preferences. That's right. Okay. And then uh, give us the, the final one that you had noted. Yeah. To l- share. Last one I would say is there is a time when there's just broken trust. Mm-hmm. And um, I say this lightly um, that I don't say this lightly, excuse me. Um, there is just time when there's hurt with the leadership. And I have pursued reconciliation and uh, maybe there's even forgiveness, but the bottom line is it's a kind of a Paul and Barnabas situation. Like there's just not going to be full restoration in leadership. And I just, there's just broken trust. Yeah. And so there is a time when there's, there's hurt to the point where it's like, I don't know that I can trust this person anymore, even though I've forgiven them now. I would just say this, and I'm just trying to be pastoral in this, and I don't mean to hurt anyone with this, but if someone looks back in their life and there's just a trail of broken trust, sometimes, I mean, that that is the reality. I've talked to people where it's like, I, I really am just hurt, saddened for them on just mm. some really, a string of terrible things that they've had to experience at churches. That were out of their control. Uh, that were truly out of their control. On the other hand, there is others I've talked to that there seems to be a pattern where they journey for a long, for, for a couple years at a church, they get maybe challenged in an area, they get mad it's, and then they leave and then they go to the next church, they get challenged maybe in the same area, they get mad again and they leave and, and that's just avoiding God's grace in their life. And, and so what I'm talking about is someone who's truly humbly reconciled, tried to reconcile as it has forgiven, but in the end, um, in the end, there's just broken trust and they probably need to go find healing at another church. Yeah. Yeah. If, if it becomes the point, so that Hebrews passage, right? Submitting to the spiritual leaders. If you're in the place where trust has been so thoroughly broken that you, you cannot submit to their leadership right um that's an that's an indication okay it's time to time to find a different yeah and i would say here's a good indicator which of those two categories you've fallen into if you immediately at your new church sought out 
the leadership to submit to and find healing, that's a good sign that you did everything you could and that you're not just avoiding um, authority. If you just went to the next church, ignored it, and tried to jump in into into serving or even mm. leading, and you never dealt with it, or and you never had any interest with bringing it up or following under the authority of that church, it's probably not a good sign. Yeah, yeah. So those are some occasions, like you said, there are there are others, but those are some main ones that come to the surface. If they're if they're off in terms mm-hmm. of doctrine, they're preaching a different gospel. Uh, that's that's an indicator. Uh, if they're off mission. They've taken their eyes off of the marching orders that Jesus mm-hmm. gave us. And if there's broken trust, uh, that makes it so that you can no longer submit to that spiritual leadership. Right. And the question to maybe wrap up our time is, if you've come to the conclusion, okay, I've gone through the steps of discerning, I've right. prayed about it, what does it look like to actually leave and to leave well? Is that right. possible? Yes, and that's super important. I think every Christian needs to know how to leave a church well because that may be a part of their uh, of their journey. First thing I would say is um, go to the leaders. Do not start a rebellion. Yeah, um, starting a rebellion is to go to the rest of the go to other people, build an army with you. Go to your small group. Go to your ministry. Go whatever. to your small group. Go to your ministry. Go to your friends and uh, and not the leaders and uh, and you build an army before you go to the leaders that's rebellion and look in the old testament when there Korah's rebellion and even in the new testament those things are not honoring to the lord and god is very clear mm-hmm. with how he feels about people building a rebellion within his people that's just that's divisive go talk to the leaders if the um, if you can't find a, a key leader that will listen, try there, go to another pastor or another ministry leader and go to the leaders. Mm-hmm. That's who God has appointed to be the shepherd. That doesn't mean that they're doing a, a good job, but that is who God has appointed. Secondly, um, if you're at an impasse, you've, you, but you've kind of said your, your piece and you have talked to the leaders, protect the bride of Christ, have the mind mm-hmm. in, in you and your family that Christ did. Christ laid down his life for the bride. I don't want to be someone who, out of self-preservation or self-justification, hurts that church, slanders that church, talks negatively about that church. I would rather be reviled. I'd rather myself be hurt and unvindicated Mm -hmm. to protect the bride. That's the bride of Jesus, Jesus' wife. That's what he did for his bride. And so we want to do that that too. So the, I, I would say those are the first two is talk to your leaders, start there, and, yeah. and no matter what you do, protect the bride. Yeah, I think when in instances where the person goes to their friends, their peers, there's, there's like, you know, there could be this mixture of good desires. Like I'm trying to protect them from what I experienced or they can't see what I see. Um, but... I think of like, you know, vigilantism, you know, Mm. we trust the spiritual authority that God has set up. God is sovereign. He cares for his church more than we do. Uh, We are to trust the Lord, go to the people that we can, that God has set up in his church for us to go to, that have that spiritual authority and go to them. And it's not on us to kind of build this army of people Mm. to come on our side so that we can go to the leader and say, look, I've already talked to all these people and what right. we've just done is sown division. Um, which is a big deal. Like that, that's deal. not a little thing to sow division and to build an army in a rebellion. I mean, I think in Korah's rebellion, I mean, God swallowed them up into the ground. Yeah. And so like, I, I just... And then sent a plague. 
Right. That, it, it's it's a big deal. And that happens so thoughtlessly where you easily build an army. That's really dishonoring. And it can happen so quick. Right. Yeah, all it takes is just, hey, you wouldn't believe what my don't, conversation yeah, was. Yeah, don't you disagree with this? I wish we we, we don't hey, do this. Pray anymore. about this. this because yeah. da, 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 da. And then the next thing, it's spread. And that disunity and bitterness has spread. And the reality is it may be the case where you haven't even gone to the leader yet. You might go to the leader and there might be clarity and some details that you're not aware of right. that you weren't privileged to, information you didn't know that brings clarity to it. Now you got to go back around all those people that you've basically led right. to believe something that isn't true. So that principle of going up the chain of command, so to speak, right. of the structure that God has set up and and sharing those things mm -hmm. it's so important we're protecting the bride of christ um and so that's significant and then you you mentioned there's a way to leave well mm -hmm. um, a way to do that you've gone to the leader you've not gone to your peers and built this army right any other details you'd share yep so talk to the leaders don't build a rebellion um protect the bride um and then the last thing i'd say is say goodbye um I, like sometimes people just disappear and uh, i don't think that's the best way to do it i think say goodbye and, and maybe that can be um an email um or a, a, a coffee or something phone like that call. a phone call a phone call um but say goodbye and when i say say goodbye that's not to throw a grenade as you leave yeah. uh, it's not just toss a grenade and it's not send a letter about all of the things you disagree with. It's not, mm -hmm. um, it, that's not protecting the bride. But by saying goodbye, it, you know, I, I think of Romans 12, 14, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. So you can say goodbye and honor them. If you're at an impasse and you've already talked to the leaders, the rest is in the Lord's hands. The Lord is the savior of his church. He doesn't, mm. he doesn't need us to barge in like a bull in a china shop and be the savior, the rescuer. He is the rescuer. Right. So we do as much as depends on us. We've spoken to the leaders. And then at that point, bless and do not curse. And at that point, I, I can say, look, I, maybe I've been really hurt by a leader or really disagree with the leader, but at some point I was blessed by that leader. That's why I came to the church, maybe came to the church to begin with, or why we stayed at the church for so many right. years, or maybe it's not that current leader, but it's a previous leader. So as you leave, honor, say, hey, you know what, we're, we're moving on, and but I just, I'm just going to leave you with a blessing. Thank you for what you've done. Yeah. And um, don't rehash the stuff on, uh, that you've already talked about. Just as you leave, bless. Even if you're persecuted, that's what Jesus did. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that to be self-righteous, but it's to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And you may leave and you may have friends that have heard something that, you know, negative about you, bless and don't curse. Follow in the footsteps of Jesus. It's an opportunity to share in the sufferings of Christ in those yeah. moments. And I'm, it's not to say that leaving a church won't be painful, it may be a very painful season where we, like Jesus, do not return insult for insult. Yeah. And we, we, as we leave, uh, we've talked to the leaders, we've, we've protected the bride and not built a rebellion. And thirdly, we've honored and said goodbye. We didn't just disappear. Mm. Yeah, I think when some leave their church and they've done it for the right reason and they have gone to the leadership, they have expressed their concerns and you know, we might say they're in the right and they're right. making a, they're making a good decision in doing that. In that instance, um, we were talking earlier about how there can be this human desire to vindicate ourselves. Mm -hmm. 
And there are some times when protecting the bride and when someone asks, Hey, what happened? Why aren't you coming anymore? You know, what's, what's going on? And, um, there's the temptation to, to vindicate ourselves, share details that would make the church look bad and make leadership look bad. Mm -hmm. And it can be tempting to share that. And as a way, you know, and it's honesty, this actually happened or this is what, you might be sharing all truth. Uh, but what you, what I'm hearing you saying is we trust the Lord as the one who oversees his church. He's the chief shepherd. When we've done as, as far as we can do within our power authority in place at that point, even though it might be difficult, our response to that friend, what happened? What's going on? We miss is, Hey, you know what? I I spoke to pastor so-and-so we, we had a conversation, just felt like it's time for my family to move to a new church. We had such Mm -hmm. a great experience. This, this, and this happened at this church. That was a blessing to us. We're grateful for that, but I feel like the Lord is calling us to a new place, a new season. Yeah. And I think that's exactly right. And I would just, I would just end by saying this, the reason you would do that to absorb maybe sins that have been done to you but to bless in return is not actually for the sake of that leader or even necessarily the sake of that particular church you're doing it for jesus Uh, if someone hurts my wife there's a fury that that is accessing in me as a husband that cannot be accessed on almost anything else you're doing it for Jesus. It's his bride. You love Jesus. And he, there's a fear of the Lord that we have yeah. where it's like, I'm, I don't want to do anything to hurt the bride of Christ. And so that, that's why we do that. We do that for the sake of Jesus. Yeah. And I think, you know, the one maybe nuance to add into it is if the reason you've left is errant doctrine, they're no longer teaching the gospel. Then I think you do have the purview within your friendships, not to try and, uh, shame a church or someone that's veering off from being a church. But there is a place where you share with your friend, be like, hey, let's talk about what scripture teaches. And I just want to share with you what what we've been processing. We care about this, this, and this. Mm -hmm. And and in that instance, you're not sharing someone else's, uh, you know, your personal experience. That's not gossip. That's you going to the scripture Mm -hmm. and sharing with them. Hey, here's what scripture, we believe scripture teaches. And we want to go to a place that really champions what scripture has to say. And that might be a little bit of a nuance where that's not gossip. Right. The challenge is so often that is used to mask our preferences. So if like, well, I don't like this music. Here's what the scripture says. So that that's not the worship the Lord with reverence. Right. Music is irreverent. As long as it's legitimately a denial, it's heretical. It's denial of the gospel. I'm not just using scripture as the backdrop and the background for my ministry preferences. That's so good. Well, uh, we hope that this has been helpful to you, and um, it's a tough conversation and one we don't take lightly, um, but we, we pray and trust that God will use it to encourage you and strengthen your faith. But for now, we'll see you on the next episode of the City Rev Life Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the City Rev Life Podcast. Feel free to subscribe and leave a rate and review. And we love it when you share it with your friends on social media. So don't forget to tag us at cityrev.church. If you're interested in more resources, download our City Rev Church app and follow us on social media. Thank you so much and have a great day.